Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Hey, fellas, I want to tell you how you can make this team. And at that moment, I said, oh, he's talking to me. That's exactly the message I needed. Please, Marv, tell me how to make the team. And, and it was simple. He said, I, I don't motivate players. I select motivated players. That's what Marv Levy said to me in the room, in our private conversation with all 200 other people in the organization, right? And I said, man, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to be the most motivated dude in the room that was not the most talented, was not the biggest, not the strongest. But, bro, I'm going to get her early. I'm going to stay late. And that was kind of the forage of it all. You know, it was just how you start. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. So welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your guest. Uh, welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. Yes, sir. Um, thank you for 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 tuning in um, once again from from all parts of the globe. I greatly appreciate <laughs> you guys' support. Um, Want to make sure that if you like this Shark Effect podcast and the different episodes, make sure that you share it, that you um, download it. And that you uh, stay engaged because I drop episodes once a month. So subscribe, share, and um, yeah, you know, be be in tune with this because I think we can all get valuable information from the guests that I have on. And speaking about that, 
Um, I got a guy who, who, um, who's, who's been a mentor uh, to me for many of years, not just when I played in the NFL, but um, afterwards. It's something that I think that, you know, to, to reach different levels of success, you got to have somebody that, um, that can pour into you, that can tell you the truth, and that can uplift you. And I have that with my good friend, Richard Harvey. And so Richard played 12 years in the NFL. Um, he played a linebacker. He played for with, with me. We was with the Saints together. He played for the Bills. He played for the Raiders and, um, you know, had great success, you know, throughout all those years. But, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like that sexy first or second round draft pick. No, sir. <laughs> he was a, he was a dude that, you know, for some, you know, for early on, he was on the bubble, yeah. you yeah. know, but, um, but because yes, of, yes, but sir. because of his character, because of his, um, his tenacity and because of his knowledge, his knowledge, he was able to parlay his career and make it long, successful and very fruitful. So I'm saying that Richard, welcome to the shark effect, my man. Thank you, brother. I sure appreciate it, man. That's this a special moment, man. I, uh, I, uh, I see you are, you have developed and, and, and man, you have a book. I'm, I'm just so proud of you, brother. Uh, you're doing your thing and 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 being productive with, with what you do, and that's that's always what we always strive to do. You know, no matter what. So, absolutely, absolutely. man. It was, it's a pleasure to be here, man. My guy, thank you yeah. so much, Richard. Yeah. Hey, so I want to I, I want to take you back. Okay, I want to take you back yeah. to when you um, when were you drafted? What year was that when Ooh. you came out? 1989. 11th round. 11th 19, round. 1989. 11th yeah. round. Yeah. How did you? 11th uh, round. And what, <laughs> and what college did you go to, Richard? What college? I went did to Tulane University. Tulane. Tulane University. Yep. That's, that's Tulane and, down in New Orleans. Yep. 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 So, you know, it so, was a... How was that journey like coming from Tulane, not a big school, right? How was that journey like getting drafted? Were right. you excited? Were you like pissed that, you know, damn, it took 11 rounds for y'all to recognize my, right. my skill? Right. Like, how right. was that feeling? Right. It was um it was a combination of all of that, you know. We um you know, I knew I, I knew I had the skill set to play. Um but I wasn't sure. And, you know, it's a funny story because, you know, being drafted that late, it was just no rhyme or reason. You know, by the time you get to that far down, you know, the opportunity is just what it is. It's just an opportunity. And so I, I went up to Buffalo first time being out, being out of the South um, and went in the meeting. And in this meeting, in this team meeting, um, you know, that next weekend you have draft uh, your, your first mini camp. And we uh in this meeting is Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and, and Daryl Talley some and Kenny Bennett. And I mean, I'm talking about dudes, some dudes. Yeah. And, and um, I'm thinking to myself, man, wait a minute. OK, I'm 11 round draft pick. Nobody knows me. And 
I got to make this team. How am I going to make this team? And at that moment, bro, and I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. I mean, like, like I've always had opportunities, uh, something speak to me, right? I, I listen, I listen. And at that moment, Marv Levy said in the microphone, hey, fellas, I want to tell you how you can make this team. And at that moment, I said, oh, he's talking to me. That's exactly the message I needed. Please, Marv, tell me how to make the team. And, and it was simple. He said, I, I don't motivate players. I select motivated players. That's what Marv Levy said to me in the room, in our private conversation with all 200 other people in the organization, right? And yeah. I said, man, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to be the most motivated dude in the room. That was not the most talented, was not the biggest, not the strongest. But, bro, I'm going to get her early. I'm going to stay late. And that was kind of the forage of it all. You know, it was just how you start. Then, you know, you get you get the vets. I mean, I was, I was a rookie under James Lofton, you know. Mm. I was a rookie <laughs> under Daryl Talley, Kenneas Bennett. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm under some cats, man. And so, yeah. When I left Buffalo and came out here to uh, to Denver, I said, man, I, I I realized I could do this. You know, like I could really do this. And and from there, it became a quest of getting the most out of me. You know, so by the time we connected in New Orleans. I was on that quest. I was like, man, I don't care who I'm playing with. I don't care how what their resume says. I'm here, you know, and I can make an impact. And, and now I didn't realize how yet. You know, it was one of those question and answer moments. But where yeah. it was was right here. You know, that's that's where I want to be strongest, you know. And I had my, my ups and downs. I mean, but. Even through the journey, man, getting drafted, being you get were you drafted by Monty Kiffin, or was it the next year? Uh, no, no, it was the next year. Yeah, because I was with the Saints and Monty. Yeah, Monty it was the was next there. year. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm gonna tell you, man, that dude was a blessing because he let me get on the field, and it wasn't about who was in front of me or what round I was drafted. It was just like, can this do process and go fast? And yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you know, I, I could love do that. that. So you talk about processing that was, that was my information. Journey, I love that. And, and and this is one of the things that I, you know, that I that I tell people, um, whether I'm coaching them, personal development leadership, or if I'm coaching high school players, is I tell them the reason why I had success, the reason why people who you know, you know, our average careers in the NFL is 3.5 years. But you got to understand, like, it's not how fast you are. It's, it's not how athletic you are. It's about how fast can you process information and then apply it? How fast can you see things? How fast can you read? Yeah. How fast can you read your keys and then make decisions? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, like how, like what, what gave you that success? Was it, was it um, because you was at the right place, right time? Was it the system? Was it your processing information? Like what, what was, or was it a combination of all? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, it, it was kind of, 
it was kind of being taught a certain way, having a certain mindset. Um, I'm, I'm easy to learn. Let me say it like that. I, I don't I want to say you smart. A person is smart. I'm going to say some people it's easier for them to learn information, take it like you just said, process it and then apply it. And then other people was a little more difficult. They have to do things to help them along that line. I, I went to school as a as an engineer, and I wasn't I didn't fulfill that side of it. I was in computer information systems, and so my processing was kind of like X's and O's, like computers. Um, so it was easy for me if I'm able to boil, kind of boil it down, and deal with a subset of facts, whatever they are. I can process them pretty fast. And I found that that's what a lot of guys do. You know, that ultimately they have it this or that. And then they process that information really fast and they go, you know, I have a son. I know you have a son that plays also and, and play at a high level. And, you know, I'm trying to get my son to play at a high level. And one of the things that, that we talk about is, you know, your pre-snap read, what can you get from the play before the play starts. What can you do to execute your assignment when the play starts and then how you finish every play, you know? And so those type of, I think processes gives you something to lean on. So you don't have to think about it in the game and you play faster. You know, I tell my son all the time that, you know, as you, it's a funny game because as you get older, you get slower, but if the longer you stay around, the game gets faster. And so you have to figure out that dichotomy a little bit because ultimately you aren't getting faster. You're processing faster, you know? And so that means you have to understand what you're looking at it, why you're looking at it, what you're getting from it. That That's the detail work, you know? That's the detail yeah. work. And, and, you know, guys like yourself understood that, understand that. You know, and that's what we, I think, ultimately transfer. If we transfer anything, it'll be work that work ethic and what to do, how to do it type information to our kids, to young people that we work with, you know, who we coach. Um, and the thing that I like about what you're doing is that you found a way to take that and put it into a business effect. And the shark effect, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and, and make that real for other people that was not in, you know, wasn't into it like we were. So I, that's, that's yeah. one of the reasons that, you know, I, I love what you're doing, brother. Man, I appreciate that, Richard. You know, that means a lot coming from you. Um, so, so I'm going to switch gears, man, because you've been on some great teams. You great. You've been on some great teams. But I also know you've been on some pretty bad teams. One of them was the 1996 New Orleans Saints. And let me tell you a quick little story. I don't know if you, if you was, I can't remember if you was in the room or if I, if you ever heard this, but one of the first interactions I had in an NFL locker room came in 1996. It was the week after the draft and we had our mini camp. Okay, and I remember coming in, and um, I was excited, of course. And I remember coming into the uh, coming into the locker room, and I, I knew Anthony Newman, all right. And I, so I, I went over there, kind of buried in. I was right next to him, I hugged up to him, 
And who was on the other side of Anthony was Eric Allen. And so I had these two guys that I was going to lean on for, you know, how, how, to, how to last, how to have success in this, in this league. And so I knew early on, I need to link up with older cats, okay, who, who've been there. And so, but I remember though, during our, my first interaction was a, a guy that, that I've seen on TV because he played for Seattle back in the day. The name is Rufus, Rufus Porter. And I remember Rufus coming over to him before even meeting him, shaking it, before he was shaking his hand and introducing my, myself to him and whatnot, he came over to him and looked at me. It was like, damn, rookie, look at your teeth. Man, get your teeth fixed, man. Ain't no way no damn first round draft to have the teeth like you do, man. Damn. And I felt like this big. This, 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 you know, somebody I looked up to, this is, and now it's going to be my, my teammate. And right off the bat, and I understand like being in the locker room. Yeah. Being in the locker room and how you kind of joke and jive and you, you know, you, you know, you, you build connection, but also, you know, you jab, jab one another, but damn the first interaction where I remember our first interaction, you was like, Hey man, nice to meet you. My name is Richard Harvey. Hey, check it out. Here's what you got to do. You got to get a massage therapist. You got to get a chiropractor. You got to get, you got to, you know, make sure you have a a, a, a a cleaning lady. Okay. You got this or a cleaning person. I mean, lady, but somebody that can take care of you. So you, so, so you can be focused on football. That's what I got from you. So I'm saying all that, like on, 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 on good teams and bad teams, what made good teams in terms of the locker room and what made good teams or uh, what made good teams? What was the difference between good teams and bad teams just dealing in the locker room? Well, let, right out of the gate is the details and distractions, details and distractions. Good teams focus on details that are 100 percent about winning, winning, you winning individually, you winning on defense, us winning on special teams, us winning as a team. Everything is focused on that. Now, that doesn't mean we can't have fun. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy each other, but everything is about winning. We going places together. We doing things together. Win, win, win. I get to know you, you get to know me so that when that time comes, we're not thinking about if you're going to be there. You're going to be there. you my dog. You, I know you're going to be there, you know? And so then conversely, losing teams focus. Yeah, they focus on details, just the wrong ones. Things that are not going to push my teammate up, not going to bring another brother up. And I say, brother, it don't even have to be a black man, truly. It just needs to be a brother, like somebody that had the same sense of what we're trying to get accomplished. And I can tell you, on that team in particular, I didn't have a lot of brothers. You know, I just didn't. You know, them two brothers, them two brothers you mentioned, them two brothers was real for real. And it was some other ones. You know, I could I could name Joe Johnson, and I could name Big Wayne, and you know, I could name Cash Willie Rolf, and you know, I, I could name them. But it was some other brothers on that team that wasn't really brothers either. And so you got to learn and. Part of that whole locker room atmosphere is, and maybe it's a world thing, maybe it's just a growth thing, but 
man, you got to have some tough skin, you know, and you got to figure out your worth, what you believe you to be, you know, and ride with it. And if I don't mess with you, I don't mess with you. You know, if if we rocking together, we rocking together. And I feel like that's that's what served me when as I made it through. And I'll even say more importantly, all them dudes that I respected, I saw them rock like that. I saw them do stuff like move like that, you know, and I seen other dudes that didn't stick around or didn't last or even if they did last, they just always had issues and problems and concerns and all that stuff, man. Life is too short, you know, and and like I say, I just look for the people that that I respect and it had nothing to do with age, you know, meeting you. I mean, I, I, of course, I knew of you uh, when when we when they drafted you. It's not it's not difficult at that point to to, to learn a lot about you. Mm-hmm. What was most important was that I saw a young brother that was actually hungry for the information, not giving it, not forced down his throat. You know, I had a man. I had a guy tell me one time from that team, a young guy from that team, tell me. Well, what's the significance if you haven't played, I think at the time it was maybe seven years, maybe seven or eight. Mm. What's the significance if most of them was on on special teams? I said, well, you know, whatever you believe, brother, whatever you believe, you know, but all experience is good experience, you know. And so for me, I needed, you know, a funny story, man. I was in, uh, I was in Buffalo and um, a reporter asked me, he said, hey, What's it like to be, you know, a backup to Daryl Talley? And he naming dudes, man. Shane Collin was on yeah. that team. Uh, yeah. Cornelius Bennett. What's it like to be around them dudes in the locker room, to be a backup to them? That's the way he said it. It wasn't to be derogatory. However, for me, it was all I heard was, you know, you calling me a backup. And so for me, I was like, yo, bro, I ain't no backup. I just ain't started yet. I'm going to get my turn. Okay, I'm gonna get mine. Yeah, and I just let it go. It was no big deal. He didn't like stress it or nothing. But as it turns out, on the back end of this whole thing, I played in 140 NFL games. My time as a starter was split 70 70. So at the end of the day, I still, you know what I mean? Like, like it's still something for me to prove. Like, it was, you know. It was a good opportunity, man, but you got to make the most of it, you know. And so that's, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's just a learning experience, man. I don't look too heavily upon it, but I learned from both sides of that coin. You know, I was, man, I was a backup. I was a, I was on special teams with Steve Tasker, okay. This dude was 180 pounds and could flip a whole game. I seen it. Yes, you know, and then I learned that. Bro, if you go in there and you believe you that dude, impact the game. Go do something. Knock the ball out. Strip it. Make a play. And your teammates will respect you, and it won't matter if you are your first-round pick or last free agent. None of that stuff. Dude told me one time, say, hey, man, you got to leave all that contract stuff in the locker room anyway. And it's true. Love that. You know? Yeah. You get you get the sun, you get all that, but then you gotta come out here and play ball with me. You know? And if I'm feeling you and you're feeling me, then the best man win. You know, it ain't about the contract. You know, and no man, about so, the contract. No matter what where you drafted, 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. None of that. Hey, can you tell <laughs> So tell That's me it. a story. Tell me a story, man, on one of the best teams that you was ever on in the pros. Uh, oh, tell man. me a story that that like that happened like in the locker room that that talks about like culture. Like what was that story right. like? Whether it was with the Raiders, oh, I don't think it was with the Saints, but right, <laughs> but right. or or Buffalo. Well, you know what? It was it was it was a good experience with the Saints. Um but it it showed me that was some it was uh, you know what it showed me? There's a difference in the NFL between starting and being a starter. And that's what I learned at the Saints. While I was starting, they never wanted me to be a starter. So Ultimately, it was a frustrating moment, even when it was successful, you know. So that was kind of a, you know, kind of a deal. Now I'm at home. I went to Tulane. I'm in the city. Like I, I have personally all the stuff I want, but professionally, I'm not where I want to be. Um, then God blessed me with this dude called named Willie Shaw. And we're there in. They're in, let me tell you this story real quick, brother. I got to tell you this story. This come is on, crazy. I don't even know if you would know this. So, so Willie Lee, you know, he's there that year. He takes Aunt um, and and Eric out Eric, to Oakland yep. in the spring. Okay. I'm and still in New Orleans. We're still in New Orleans. And so, there got him right. So, they're out there. And, you know, we, we we going through our thing in New Orleans. They got Andre Royal. They got some other stuff. Whew, Jack Del Rio is my position coach. He don't really want me there. All of this stuff is going on. So, long they story short. draft cats. I, I, I remember Richard. Like they, they, Say it again. They would draft, dude. I remember they would be drafting guys. They would bring free agents to come be to take yeah. your job. I was yeah. like, damn, every year. They, they bring yeah. somebody to take this, but every year they can't get them out of <laughs> every year. No, no. But working with people, working with people, knowing how to get the most out of you and deal with Ant and deal with uh, Wayne Martin and deal with people out there to make us good. That's what they couldn't figure out. So they never could figure out my formula. Like, why is the dude able to? Keep doing this to us, you know. And every year, you know what? I lick them in the dog on uh <laughs> in the playtime incentive. I kill them. I killed them for two years in a row. They hated giving me that check, but they did. <laughs> so, so you know, it was it was what it was. All right. So we, I call for, I asked for my release out of out of camp. I'm sitting down. Uh, they 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 give it to me. I'm back in Kenner, Louisiana. I'm watching the last Monday night football game of the of the preseason. And it's it's Kansas City and the Raiders. Um I'm sitting there watching this game, I'm watching Eric. I'm calling the defenses, right? Cuz Willie just left here, he he took the same stuff with him. I can see where the roles are. I see what we're doing. I'm calling the defense. I'm holding my son in my hand, in my lap. My phone rings, and and it's like this. How you doing? This is Bill Coherit, general manager of the Oakland Raiders. I said, oh, how you doing? Yes. I'm watching you guys right now. Well, then you know we need you. I said, yes, you do. 
<laughs> and that was that. You know, the next day, I'm in Oakland, right? I get off the plane. I go in there, hug Willie. You know, what's up, man? Great to see you. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. Meet Gruden, all of that great stuff. And go back and see Willie. So we're talking. First thing, first thing he says to me, imagine me getting this type. He says, uh, what position you want to play? I said, what? I get to pick? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Please. <laughs> I'll play the wheel spot. <laughs> give me the wheel. I'm ready wheel. for that. Because that's the money spot. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. give me that wheel. So he, yeah. so he was like, okay, cool. So I turned to walk out. I'm going downstairs to get my stuff. He stopped me and said, hey, Richard, hey, look, these guys don't know you. I know you. That's why I got you here. You need to go show them today why you here. Bruh, I just putting them up. I went out there and for three days. I wrecked John Gruden's offense. Three days. I was calling stuff they hadn't even put in the defense yet. Okay, and was in a backfield consistently, like to the point where dude got mad at me. All right, that's my introduction, you know. So, like I said, you talk about a winning environment, you know, and they wanted me. They wanted me, you know what I mean, what I brought. And truth be told, it wasn't a lot of room, bro. You had Eric Allen on one side. You had Charles Wilson on another. You had Anthony Newman. You had um, E.T. Eric Turner was in the back end of that thing. Um, yeah, Russell Maryland on the front end, Greg Beekles to my side, bro. We was loaded. All I had to do was go play, and it was man. I I had probably my best year of my twelve, but definitely the most fulfilling. You know, got a chance to meet Al Davis. You know, that was sweet. I'm walking hall. Al Davis walking hall, and and then it's like a movie. Nobody else is in the hall but us two. And we walking past each other. He was like, hey, Harvey, come walk with me. Okay, okay, Mr. Davis. No hold problem. On, hold on. Hold so we walked on. Did you have a meeting? up in this giant office of his that's like um, like a memorabilia, like a, like a museum, right? And I'm thinking the whole time, damn, I'm missing my meeting. I'm missing my meeting. <laughs> so, so I'm finally like, Mr. Davis, I think I need to go to my meeting now. He said, oh, no, you're all right. Just tell him you was with me. I said, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, you know, it was – the Raiders, man, was, 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 was good. It was a good thing for me in my career uh, when it happened, how it happened. Um, Would have liked it to finish a little better, you know what I'm saying? But a funny thing, man, because – on the back end of that, on the back end of that, I was asked to do something that was against my principles. It was against me. Mm. And it was a time where I had to make a decision. So Willie, Willie garners, garners that kind of respect from, from teams, from individuals on teams, whether you old, young, black, or white. And John Gruden was young still and didn't yeah. quite know how to deal with other people he could deal with who he wanted to deal with whether you was black or white but other people people he had to deal with he wasn't so great at and so Mm. everyone started going to Willie with 
points or questions or concerns or whatever. And John started feeling some kind of way about it. Then Willie got a chance to get a head coaching interview. That didn't sit well with John. So then John calls us in. From year one, we go three. We go from they go from 30th before I get there and Willie, Willie and all the all the guys. Then we go to number three on D. Okay, total D. D. Yep. Yep. That next year we slipped to maybe six. Something like that. Well, he calls me in, and from what I understand, a couple other dudes uh on the team and and, and basically hit me up like, hey, if you pin this on Willie, we gonna be good. And you're going to be good. So is it his fault that the defense is slipping? And about 15 seconds I had to make up my mind, bro, I ain't going to do this another 10 years. Fuck that. Excuse my language. I'm not going to do this yeah, another no, 10 you years. You know? And I'm going to ride like I ride. And Willie's my dog. So, no, it ain't Willie's fault. It's this, this, and this. And some of this other fault that's on you. And, of course, that didn't go well. So I was out of there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's what it is, though. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I, I wasn't going to play another – I wasn't going to play – I didn't play another three years from that point, mm -hmm. you know. But I'm going to yeah. sacrifice my relationship with somebody I know got my back. Mm -mm. Wouldn't do it. Yeah. So, man, right there. So that goes into, like, relationships are so powerful. And, you know, with Willie giving you that shot with the Raiders – and tell you, hey, oh, this yeah. is what it is, and this is, and this is, you're here for a reason, and then you fulfilling that you're for a reason, yes, yes. And so do you, you so you follow yeah. like, like I have the same thing. Like Willie did so much for me just in that one year in terms of the knowledge he gave me. Like mm. I would run through a brick wall mm -hmm. right now if he called me. You know, so <laughs> it's just the power, right. the power right. of relationships, right. man. Right. Still speak with it myself. Love that. Love that. Well, and and that's that's you know. I'll, I'll say I'll say another another great you know benefit. It's not and it's not all the time. It's not everyone. It's it's selected people, and and you can recognize you know. The other day I had a I had a I had a question about so I coach I coach my son, um, and I had a question about a coverage. Okay, not not an earth shaking ground moving question. A question about a coverage on football, but. I had an opportunity to call not some Joe Schmo, somebody that maybe no kind of no, maybe, but somebody that did it at the highest level, okay, that knows this information backwards and forwards. And that to me is the sweetest part of like the whole journey is that I can still reach folk that I love, my people, my guys. And I'm like, hey, man, and it's not ground shaking stuff it's like hey bro what about and we can converse and we can communicate man and you know i'll never take that for granted i never will i appreciate that richard man man i can talk to you for <laughs> for forever man but um i want to be respectful of your time man and i just want to thank you for being a guest on the shark effect oh, and would love yes, would love to have would love to have you on again We'd love to have you on again, man. Absolutely, brother. Anytime. Anytime, man. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tr- to transition, what, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever. If you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.